it's not, so I'm cool with it. So life's okay. Uh, but maybe that gets more viewers because they'll be like, "Look, I just listen to this idiot." Yeah. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another great, great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. I'm here with your second favorite co-host, Nathan. How are you, Nathan? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing great. Just came from a vacation, feeling tired, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, life less great. Yeah, this is the first time we've talked in like two months. I know. And for those of you who are listening it on a podcast, please go check out the YouTube version because Nathan has a mustache now. Yes, yeah, right. Took me two whole months to grow it. <laughs> <laughs> he just missed me so much. He decided to grow a mustache about. Yeah. That's that's what really shows your sorrow. <laughs> He's like, oh, I miss my friend. Better grow a mustache, and then everybody else can tell. They just look at you and be like, oh, oh man, that poor I'm so guy. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you doing okay? Yeah, I, got... I must ask you a question. No, see, I, I was telling you before, I did just, I would look in the mirror every single time for like three days after I first shaved it that way and just laughed. So I don't think mustaches really express sadness as much. But they are quite maybe. Funny. Maybe it expresses joy to you, but sadness to everybody else <laughs> to look at. It just radiates, radiates <laughs> joy, but everybody else is like, oh, uh, uh, oh no. <laughs> he was so promising, that that boy. And for anybody who actually likes mustaches and is super offended by what we just did, go yell at Nathan on Twitter. Yeah. Also, I've decided I'm probably never going to check my Twitter, so. Uh, we can keep sending people there and yes maybe i'll look at it one day but i I realized i was saying in these episodes that yeah i'll check it and then realized i hadn't actually checked it in six weeks at least i was like yeah i'm probably not actually gonna check this thing make a make a bot on twitter so that it checks and then sends you an email every time there's a dm so yeah, I was looking at my notifications. This is what I do every time. I add Twitter in my phone. It sends me a notification every 20 minutes for an hour, and I remove it from my phone. So that's my history with Twitter. It happens approximately once every year and a half. And that's why I haven't tweeted in a long time. See, that's just the new mistake. The first thing I do when I install Twitter is I disable all notifications. Okay. And then I have it logged in on my browser so that randomly for whatever reason if i ever type t on my browser and it refills to twitter.com then i go on like oh okay i have zero dms because that's how my twitter in my life is but then i would like accidentally open it my phone at times be like oh okay but having notifications off at least i i check it more than once every two months though okay yeah i think the sentence yeah, Dan also hasn't been speaking a lot of English <laughs> for a couple months, so see yes. how he does here today. His job is literally to talk for the next hour. And yeah, so we'll, we'll hope it goes well, because I'm, I'm right now in that middle phase where I sort of translate everything in my head before I say it. Okay. Uh, it'll take a few weeks when it's just naturally just my thoughts are in English and it comes out in English. But um, for now, um, on let's, let's minimize my talking. And what are we talking about today, Nathan? Well, apparently today uh, we're going to talk, talk about what we've been up to a little bit, but also we're going to talk about uh, managing your time and productivity in a remote work environment because we now have a lot of experience with that. And based on Guillen being out of the country for two months, he has experience with different time zones and to a lesser extent, so do I. So we'll just talk about the things that come up with asynchronous communication and the benefits and drawbacks of working in a remote work environment and how to make the most of it for at least at least the two of us. Yeah, yeah, I, because we generally do work with teams with slightly different um, time zones, but I had to, for the first time, shift my work hours in a different time zone to match the teams I work with. So I had, that's a, had some learnings from that, and I was talking to Nathan, and I was like, hey, this might be worth uh, sharing with our listeners. And in the meantime, how's your AWS course going? I wanted to check up on you. Right, so I don't remember where I was at 
in our last episode, but I finished the course, I think, mid-February, and my plan had been to just start cranking out practice exams, and after doing a few of them, be like, all right, cool, I'm ready to go, and hopefully write it, uh, write an actual exam before the end of March. It's currently the second last day of March, and I'm still on these practice exams. So the course gave me a false sense of confidence in how much I thought I needed to know for this exam. And essentially what I would describe it as the, it was a lot of stuff. I learned a lot of stuff from the course, but the implied level of detail was not matching the implied level of detail in the practice exams. So I would understand you know, the principle of lifecycle hooks in S3 storage, for example, but I wouldn't commit to memory the order in which the tiers are, are layered. And then I would get to a question in a practice exam that says, of the following, which is an invalid lifecycle transition for a storage level in S3? And then it just lists like from this stage, this level to this level, from this level to this level. And I'm like, well, I know conceptually that there's a waterfall and you can tr use lifecycle hooks to transition down this thing. But I don't remember if intelligent tiering is above or below one zone infrequent access. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe that one's invalid, but like that's the level of detail apparently you need for these things. And so I would go into these practice exams and get, you know, the first one I wrote, I probably got like 30%. And then the last one I wrote, it's like the most recent one, I have improved, but the most recent one I did, I got 81% and you need 72 to pass. But I'm not confident that these practice exams are as difficult as the actual exam. So I'm, I need to be more consistent than I currently am. <clears throat> but the practice exams have been really helpful because you're able to go back through, I've been doing them also on Udemy, so anybody who follows the other course and does these exams, they will see something similar where you can actually look at all the answers to the questions afterwards. And do you need to go somewhere? All right, all right, Gans back, cool. And as I was saying, the benefit of the practice exams is that you can look at the explanation for each answer afterwards, and it'll often even link to AWS documentation. So I can look, I would filter them by all the questions I got wrong and see why I got them wrong and make sure I understood why the right answer was the right answer. But then the same thing for the answers I got right. And so it would take me, you know, an hour and a half to write the exam or to do a practice exam. And then it would take me at least a couple hours to go through all the answers. So the, I've done five practice exams, I think, so far. And this is a lot of time sunk into these exams. But I really would like to pass <laughs> when I go to write the exam. So I think it's worth it. And uh, definitely learning stuff that I wouldn't have even known that I should possibly know. Uh, a couple months ago. So progress is being made even if it's slower than I originally hoped. And I don't think it's gonna be too bad because it's all gonna carry over pretty well, I hope at least to the developer exam because apparently there's a lot of overlap there. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't know, I've been using S3 effectively for a while, but even I don't know what life cycle goes through what life cycle. You, you go to the UI and then it tells you what's the next year for your cost savings. And then it just does it. You, you don't think about it yeah. very much. Yeah, there's been a few of those questions where I just go, that's what the docs are for. Or like, I would look this <laughs> up, you know, sort of like the, the offhand weird questions that you would get elsewhere. Like the one I think of with, if I was asked a JavaScript interview question and they're like, which one's impure, splice or slice? And I'm like, Okay, well, I finally know this because I've had to look it up enough times, but for the first four years, I could never remember which one actually mutated the data in place. You just Google it and you find out in half a second, you go, oh, I want this one. And that's how I felt some of the questions were, but sometimes you just gotta know these things for tests. And if I have to do that, then I have to do that. That sounds like a dumb dumb thing to test though. It's, it's like, 
how schools test you or I guess how Amazon does their interviews. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest though, most of the questions are really good. So like I don't want to give the wrong impression. So there's 65 questions per exam and the vast majority of them are here's a situation you've been brought mm -hmm. on as a solutions architect. What would you advise based on these options? Or you know, this is a situation they're using this. They got they are seeing this behavior which dis correctly describes the most likely cause of their problem. And so it's say like, you know, they can't contact this instance from this other instance. Based on the in architecture that we just described, why? What is the most likely problem? And so those sorts of things are really good because they're very practical and they actually reflect yep. things you would do in the real world. Um, and then the other ones you just know to look for keywords. So it's like any time that they mention high performance computing, you're like, all right, is fabric mentioned here or is it asking about placement groups? I'm going to choose cluster. And so like you just know at some point a lot of the mental mappings you have to have. Hmm. But they're pretty good. So no complaints from me other than it's harder than I expected. <laughs> That makes sense, but it seems like you're making lots of good progress. I hope like so. 30 to 80%, that's like more than what my portfolio gives me. So. <laughs> yeah, it's good returns. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, at least I would expect the practice to be harder than the actual exam. Um, but Yeah, well, I just keep looking at the comments on the course, because you, you essentially, I bought a pack of five uh, practice exams. And they, I think they said the first four were a little bit easier in their most comments, commenters' opinion than the actual exam. And then the fifth one was really hard. And then there's another pack of practice exams if I really want to go through another one, which they're all considered harder than the actual exam. So mm -hmm. if, I, if I were to get 80 plus percent on those, I'd feel really good about being able to get at least 72 on the actual one. Right now, I'd probably guess I'm like somewhere in the 50 to 60% range on could probably pass. And I uh, don't want to roll those odds. No. Yeah. I mean, if you if you have a chance to increase the odds, why not? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's all right. Yeah, that's what I've been up to with that course. Uh, did you have you actually mentioned something cool that you wanted to say that was tech related? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I was yeah. Um, I bought a Quest two, and. Besides the fact that everybody complains uh, that you have to sign in with your Facebook, I don't have that problem because I use Facebook. Um, it's great. Uh, I've had some issues with how the strap is and how to make sure I don't get glare and the lens spacing and everything. It's not very clear based on like, it should just be like, oh, we because they can sort of see your face. Mm -hmm when you put things on, just be like, this is the recommended setting. Like I would expect that to be in the headset instead of there's this very specific dial that you must turn and position at the right way, or you'll have always a little bit of glare that you're gonna hate. And it's not perfect to switch around. Um, but once you go through that pain, um, it's really great. I'm currently quarantining because I just traveled and I can't go to the gym outside and I can't do any real cardio in my apartment because I am an upstairs neighbor and I don't want to make my downstairs neighbors mad. So the VR is great. So I, I, in the morning, I played like an hour of Beat Saber this morning and got a decent musical workout and I was happy about it. So besides that, it seems chill. I'm going to hook it up to a PC and my laptop uh, to see if I can really get those extra frames because it's standalone, which is a great thing because I don't have a really good gaming PC. But my laptop has a decent GPU and I will put my laptop in a backpack, put on the backpack so it still feels like it's a wireless headset and see if I can get the extra frame rate. But so far, so good. W worth the money I spent on it. Okay, that was what I was going to ask. I haven't looked too much into headsets right now, but I knew that at least one of them was fully wireless, and it sounds like that's the one you have. Yeah, it's completely, you charge it, and then you can put it on. It, it has no wires coming out of it or anything. Um, the gameplay time from what I've read is about three hours, but the strap is not comfortable enough that it'll probably play all three hours. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's a long time to spend in VR games if you're standing around moving a lot. so. Every time I'm not playing, I just 
plug it in and if, as long as you use USB-C, it's fast charging, so it takes no time at all to fully recharge it. Is it fairly light or is and just the strap is uncomfortable or is it still pretty heavy? The reason I ask, because I'll explain, is I wore an Oculus a good five years ago, probably, and the thing I remember the most about it was how heavy it felt on my face. So it would like really press on my nose, sit on my cheekbones quite aggressively, and I felt it was always pulling forward because it weighed so much. No, I, I haven't felt that. Um, it, it also, because the last Oculus had a plastic side that just stayed straight. This one has, it's still plastic, but the strap goes differently. So you can tilt it upwards to make sure it doesn't press on your ears or anything. And the most pressure I feel is just around my forehead area because you have to have it a little bit more up to actually not not get any glare and everything. Because um, if I have it down, it's not perfect for me for the visuals. Okay. So not too heavy, but I haven't gamed for like more than two hours straight so far. Um, but being standalone and not having to invest in a PC for still getting really good graphics totally worth it cool so there we go course aws course gets a positive review and oculus quest also gets a positive review yeah strong yeah. strong start to the first episode back man I, I said in the beginning of the year it's gonna be a great year 2021 that's right and so far it's it's proving to be true for me good stuff it's so yeah something that does not get a positive review for me though Again, mm. our meetings. Okay. I don't love meetings, and I know that that is one of the things that we wanted to discuss with productivity, because one of the things about meetings is that it interrupts the blocks of time that you get to have throughout the day. And so, how did you find meetings were working when you were in different time zones? Did it affect your schedule, or do you actually even have meetings based on? the difference in your time zones between your team and you? Yeah, so so I'll first outline the time zone. So I was working um, evenings uh, from 4 p.m. to 12 p.m. according to Indian time. And then I had a team in Sweden that I was working with and I had a good six to seven hours of overlap with their time zone and mine. And then last three hours of my time would overlap with Vancouver time zone. The great thing about it was, since there was so much overlap and nobody wanted to do the mental math, and a lot of my meetings usually happen with Vancouver, and since nobody wanted to actually wake up early, a lot of my meetings didn't happen, which was great. We would just communicate asynchronously, we would leave each other messages, and make sure whenever the next person comes on, they contact, and then send out whatever information they need. Um, some of the people who actually work late uh, worked better with me because I'm a bit of a workaholic so when I woke up in the morning and see a message from them I can respond so their late night my early morning still lined up and since they're not officially in their working hours and neither am I we wouldn't jump on a call or have a meeting so we just send slack messages mm -hmm. the worst part was though when there were meetings they were uncomfortable for everybody so most of my meetings happened between 10 to 1 a.m like 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. my time at night when most of my family just wants to go to bed and I am stuck on calls because I have to manage time zones. And Vancouver people have to wake up early so they didn't like it. And then about thir a third of the way through, daylight savings kicked in so all of that mental math again just like shifted an hour and everything goes haywire, won't even bring up daylight savings into this call. And yeah, so mostly positives, but when it did happen, it caused a lot more sadness than it would normally do. Okay, so you did, you did mention something that I was willing to propose, I was thinking about this ahead of time, proposes like, you know, Nathan's first law of meetings, which is you probably don't need to have one. And it sounds like one of the benefits is actually, yeah, that just meetings fall through because it's inconvenient. And funny thing, you still get the communication done. Yeah. We definitely had this, um, every time there were more than two or three people who needed to talk, uh, we would create the thread and say, okay, these are my thoughts, then the next person would be like, these are my thoughts, 
and then we can reply to thread in each other to like communicate with our thoughts and then post a summary message. And then we'd just be like, all right, we're done. We'll create the tickets, update the information and pass this on to the managers. As opposed to, hey, you guys want to schedule a 30 minute or an hour long call a week from now to make sure it fits in all our calendars. And it worked great because my teammates in Vancouver would be, I created this document, I updated this diagram, can you check it when you have time? And then I would go in my time zone, look at it, add some comments, change any details, send them the information, and then later on they were like, okay. The downside was all of this could have been done in an hour. The upside was it still got done, we didn't have to technically waste that hour because somebody still has to go in and do all that manual work of writing things or drawing it out. Um, but yeah, like it could have been done sooner, but if your work is not urgent, it, I preferred it so much more. There was so many things I could do uh, while I'm reviewing something, I could code something, push a change, wait for it, um, and not have to sit there giving my full attention while somebody repeats something uh, for the seventh time because it's their like, tenth meeting of the day, they're exhausted and can't really focus. Yeah. Yeah, I've found the only times that I actually seem to get a good return on my meetings time-wise, uh, generally speaking, like someone can run a good meeting, but most of the time they're not very good, is if we're talking about UIs and we just need to like show me how the UI is intended to work, because there's so many questions about those sorts of things where it's like someone will pull up a mock and be like, it's supposed to look like this. And you go, all right, well, what happens if they click that button? And what, happened, what do you want it to look like if we're on a smaller screen? And these sorts of things that there's so many nested questions in there that if you do it asynchronously, the, the delay just amplifies how long this conversation is. But most things that I'm asking about are typically a give me a time for something or a yes or no answer or a clarification. And most of those things, if you have a culture of responding to messages, it's just way easier and saves a bunch of time. You also don't have to delay something by three hours just so you can hop in a 15 minute block that you both have. So all I'm saying with all this is, yes, try to get out of meetings. And it uh, doesn't sound like time zones change that, changes that too much other than it makes it easier uh, to get out of meetings. Yes, yeah, and it like forces you basically uh, to make sure you use that kind of communication. Yeah, so with my company, we're based in BC and for the Canadian office, and then the US office is primarily in, or at least as far as I'm aware, most of the people in the US are in like Tennessee and that area. So it's a three hour difference, which is a small difference that is simultaneously the most annoying because that means that when we start our day and want to have meetings, you know, stand up at 9 a.m., it's 12 p.m. for them and they want to go for lunch. So that means somebody's always having to take their lunch hour to attend our morning meetings. And everybody always wants to have afternoon meetings, which always happen to overlap with ours. So it's like I always have an 11.30 to 12.30 or a 12 to 1 or a 12.30 to 1.30 meeting right over my hour. So I pretty much now just assume I'm gonna eat lunch around one to two, which is fine. I just eat my breakfast later. But every time that I'm in a meeting with somebody, I'm just thinking, Somebody here is probably wishing they were on lunch break right now. And it just, it just works out. But after 10 months, 12 months, whatever it's been, you get used to it and uh, you just adjust accordingly. But one of the things- I don't know. I strongly believe that if like, especially if you're like running some sort of meeting or workshop or whatever, mm -hmm. if it's over lunch, you provide lunch. And then I'm not as sad attending these meetings. Right. Yeah, we've, we've had companies before that have bribed a lot of situations with meals. Yes, yeah. I mean, lunch meetings, sure, but stay late and then your lunch will be provided. That's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for that scam. <laughs> Watch out for it. It's not a good one. <laughs> That's actually something that, to mention another podcast, Fun and Happy Hour used to mention a lot was those companies that are like, we'll pay for supper if you work till 8 p.m. It's like, just don't work till 8 p.m., guys. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, if you're Gian starting at 4 p.m., maybe. 
but people who work normal hours, if you got there at eight, don't work 12 hours just to get supper. It's not necessary. Yeah, yeah, they're not gonna be all like, I don't know, you, you don't gain as much as much you, you lose Yeah. by doing all those. Yeah. That's the thing, like you obviously are gaining something, you're getting food, you're getting recognition, but the, the trade-off is just never worth it from what I've learned of literally working overnight on a project without sleep for a day and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, for more information, check out our burnout episode. <laughs> so we have enough episodes I can say that sort of thing now. <laughs> but one of, the, yeah. one of the things I did want to bring up with asynchronous communication is it does matter with the culture of the team and the company. So a lot of my coworkers a year ago were not nearly at the level they are now with something like Slack which every company I've worked at has used Slack. I was, I'm a Slack first, everything else only if necessary type of employee. And so I like to respond to messages on Slack and I like to send messages on Slack. But I've worked with people who are quite the opposite and they will forget seemingly anything you send them on Slack. Maybe they won't even read it or notice it. And if you send out anything important on Slack, you may as well just not sent it out at all. So if you have a lot of people like that on your team, you can't just go blame them and say like, well, I let you know because you did, but if you know that they're not gonna read it, it's also somewhat your responsibility to find a way to communicate with this person that you know, you've updated something in the build process and they're gonna have commit issues if they don't read your message. These sorts of things. So yes, yeah. communication styles, especially asynchronously, are very important because you can't look the person in the eye and say like, do you hear me right now? Yeah, and if you are that kind of, uh, if you have some sort of preference, make sure it's visible to the team. I have a coworker who very specifically will only respond to certain DMs you've sent him. So you never know if he's read everything else. So you'll send him like four messages he doesn't respond to any of those and then I send message number five completely unrelated to a different thing because I'm just informing him and he'll respond to that and be like oh what about this 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 or something I'm like but did you see the four messages above this not that this is relevant to those but I don't know if you have that context now or something like he'll respond to message number three and then I'm just sitting there being like what about the other messages <laughs> um, so if you are be consistent because I I don't know, maybe there's a coworker like me who's just sitting there blankly who has no idea what to do now because technically you're available, but I can't do anything about it. Yes. And Especially if you're in different time zones. And if you're that other person, just try to help be more communicative. Yeah, do better. Do better, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I use the combination of like, thumbs up and parrot emojis and tadas so much in my Slack communication because sometimes you just need to let them know you saw it and yeah. it's way more fun to send somebody like a tada explosion or a party parrot of which we have many variants uh, than to just be like okay so those are fun plus yeah. if you do a plus sign followed by the emoji, then it responds to the previous message. So if you don't want to send them a new message and maybe alert them, if you're in a thread or a channel, for example, that has a bunch of other people in it, and you don't want everybody to get this alert that you're just saying like, yes, I saw this, you don't even have to use your mouse. You can just do plus the emoji and it'll respond to that previous message and uh, save yourself a yeah. few seconds. Yeah. Wow. Many small time make big time. That's right. Pangies make dollars. <laughs> what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, great, great point. Respond with emojis if you're too lazy to type text. Yeah. Just do it. Just give a confirmation. I, you can tell I feel strongly about this because <laughs> I'm just so annoyed when that happens. Yeah, yeah we agree Either on Either do it right or don't do it at all. Just be like, I will not respond to DMs and I will accept that as an answer. I will find meeting times. I will book slots with you. I will do whatever it takes, but if you're gonna do it halfway, I'm just gonna 
shake my fist and then next time your manager sends me a thing for your review, I will write that down because I have. <laughs> and then something else that came up a lot when we were working together <clears throat> was because you were often not in the office with the team working the same hours, but I needed code review from you was something that became very habitual for me was provide as much information as could be necessary in the opening PR comment for the comment for the code that's associated with this. And it's carried over to my current team and they laugh about it constantly because they're like, you know, nobody else does it on the team. And they always say, thank you, A plus, keep doing this. But then they don't do it. Uh, but it's just answering all the questions preemptively. So the, the default sections I have are just like, here's a link to the ticket that I base the work on. Here's a quick summary of what the changes are for. Then there's an actual changes section where I'll just do a bullet point of these are all the changes I made in sort of human speak as opposed to code. And then if there's any other notes, then I'll just put a note section and be like, I considered this, it didn't make sense for this reason. I tried this, this didn't work. Uh, I'm unsure about this still. If you have any thoughts, please leave them. And just sort of the miscellaneous things. And then a to-do. And if there's any to-dos left, let the person know so they don't block your code thinking that you don't know that there's still work to be done. And uh, you just I just try to think of what questions is somebody likely to leave on this PR that's going to mean in the morning I can't see that they've approved it and I can merge this. I want them to have all their questions answered so that if the code is good, I can ship it in the morning. And that was the schedule that you and I had was typically worked, I'd work in the day, push up my code, come back in the morning, cool, yeah, approved. And uh, if you didn't have your questions answered, it's gonna be hard to stamp an approval on those things. Yeah, no, very, very much, I, I, I really wish a lot of my current team members did that. Um, Cause I do frequently find myself sending them a message with the Jira they created of, I need more context. Right. Um, because asynchronous communication is all about, well, this is what I did, but you need to tell them why you did it. Because you're basically asking somebody, hey, do you think this looks right? They can't tell you if it looks right if they don't know what they're supposed to look for. And yeah, I very much used to like that. I don't have that liberty anymore, uh, luxury anymore, I guess. And uh, I feel sad about it at times. But um, yeah, definitely do that. I still do it when I open, same, same practice. I open my GitHub request, it's there. And then I will go review my own code and then I will leave like comments of, this is something somebody could be suspicious about and be like, this is why I did this and leave it all the way down. And then when somebody looks at my code before they can comment, I've already commented. <laughs> so that <laughs> said, yes, I know what you were thinking or what you're gonna think, but this is what I did to address it. And then if they have their comments, then yeah, then it's a communication or conversation to happen. Yeah, some of my um, teammates but, will do that really well. They'll, it, it, typically it's a section that they struggled with and they're just like, this is what I arrived at. I don't like it. If anyone has better ideas, please tell me. Uh, but you know, my, my team members are typically quite senior, so I often don't have a better idea, but at least they've also pointed to it. And I can, if I look at that and think that doesn't look great, at least I know that they, all, they also think that. And I'm mm -hmm. not, and we're not, I'm not under the impression that they were like, this is pristine and wonderful. And I'm wondering why they did it that way. So it's a good way to communicate even your own uncertainty to your teammates so that they know what your intentions were when you wrote that code. Yeah, yeah, and like any, anything you can provide, Confluence pages, if your team uses it for some reason. Um, Dude, I write so many Confluence docs now, it's so weird. Because oh. I don't like Confluence much at all. But pro tip for people who use Confluence, there, if you're in the edit view, I discovered this last week and it made me so happy. Uh, there's three dots in the top right corner and the top option is publish without notifying watchers. So default publish when you save a document, anybody who's watching the document gets an email, which is infuriating when you're updating a release document and checking off release uh, like services as they get released so we'll release seven services 
over the course of a few hours. And each stage has a check mark. So it's like QA, staging, this environment, like production in this, this area, production in this other area. And if you've got this grid of 29 check boxes, they do not need 29 emails. So I discovered this, uh, you know, notif publish without notifying watchers and your teammates will thank you. They won't know, so they won't actually thank you, but they'll hate you less. Yeah, they won't complain. They won't talk shit about you every time they have to see that in their email. Correct, yes. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. that's the best you can ask for, is just to not be annoying actively. Yeah. It's like how Linux works. If there's nothing on the console, things are okay. Perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, one of the funnier things I remember from a refactor I did uh, at one of our hackathons was I ran something that used to spit out a ton of errors, and I my this my like presentation in the hackathon was I hit like run this npm command and nothing happened. It just stopped, and they were like, uh, I was like, it means it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's the this the Linux way to do things. That's right. Do you have anything else for async communication? Uh, no, mostly that was it. Uh, make sure you leave Slack updates. Uh, so one of the big one I had was since now I was working with two different time zone and about four different teams. Uh, I had this updates. So usually I would join the stand-up meets or whatever, and then I would be able to uh, give my updates. But now that I was not joining all these stand-ups, um, I would have a public channel where I knew most of the people were watching. And then I'd just be like, hey guys, today's update. And then I could be like, in progress, done. And that not only did that save me a half an hour of sitting through a stand-up meet, um, it gave everybody else context of what I was doing and just, makes makes things go a little bit faster because then we also have a daily stand-up thread where both of the teams on both sides because uh, the teams have their own stand-up but they need to communicate across mm -hmm. teams so they'll post everything at the on the thread of this is what happened and if, you, if they need a follow-up from the other team then it's a different message on the same thread so that everybody's aware and the project managers can take care of it um, so use any Slack bots you may want for stand-up updates. Uh, very helpful um, to save time if you're opting for more asynchronous. And Google Docs. I really like them. I pitch them to everybody. Even when we start, we're starting this uh, podcast, we started using Google Docs and then completely stopped using them because there was no need for it, really. Um, we planned, but, we planned yeah. like four episodes on that's true. I, I don't know if you've used any of those. Did we use actually yeah. use those ideas? Yeah. Okay. Okay, then, okay. It was a yeah, success. I, great success. Great success until we dropped it. And now I just make notes in my notebook, and Nathan and I talk on Slack a day before on what we need to talk about. Um, but yes, we'll probably go back to it at some point. But yes, Google Docs, I very much prefer because you can see other people as they update it and you know you just collaborate and don't talk on meetings yeah i started using google docs for all of my group projects in high school and it was still like fairly new at that time and it was it was novel enough that everybody on the team would be like nah, i don't want to use that and then we'd all get in there and start typing together and it was fun for people because they hadn't seen that sort of thing like collaborative document editing where it's like oh i'm over on this line and i'm typing this thing but it always works so well, and it still works even if you're not, you know, 14. Ha, nerd! No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I just wanted to mention with respect to saving time in stand-ups and stuff, something that we started doing recently, because we have a, a mobile team and then a server team, and we need to communicate requirements between those two teams because the mobile team like depends on our changes, and we need to coordinate releases with the mobile team. So every Monday, we do a joint stand-up, and it takes probably 20 to 30 minutes. And we have, every day we have a, a person who floats between and attends both meetings. But uh, otherwise, what we do is 15 minutes before the mobile stand-up, we have our server stand-up, ours ends, and then the server stand-up starts. 
and they have their stand-up that takes however long theirs takes, but that means that ours takes you know, five to 10 minutes as opposed to 20 to 30 minutes every single day, and we just have that one day to sort of collectively hear what everybody's up to and one person to communicate between because we were finding that everybody just was overwhelmed by what was being said in stand-up when it lasts for half an hour and you just stop listening and just do work instead. And that's pointless. But also we do need that communication because we severed it completely for I think two months and then suddenly nobody had any idea what was going on on server uh, in the mobile team and the mobile team had no idea what was going on in our team and it just, it broke down very quickly, much more than I would have expected. But that once a week check-in where everybody hears everything, it seems to work pretty well. Yeah, definitely. We, we do that as well. We have the, every two weeks we have the both team meetings where in Vancouver we have to, actually now it's 9 a.m. so it's not as early. Um, but we have to wake up early and it's quite late. It's like 7 p.m. for Stockholm. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we do that because both of the teams need that. The teams need like some sort of verbal communication check-in once a week of, okay, these are all the issues we've had in the last two weeks. Let's talk about this. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, how do you do, speaking of like cutting meetings, um, <laughs> when, you, when you can't, uh, how do you manage dev work versus meetings? Do you have any strategy or plan you generally follow? Right, yeah, you mentioned this. So sort of the time in between meetings, I guess, is kind of what you're asking about. So one thing I'll do is each day I get a sense of what my day is going to look like, so I just check my calendar. And I'm lucky in that the way my team is set up, I rarely have meetings. And when I have meetings, they are company-wide meetings. And more or less you don't have to listen so I just ignore them as if they're not meetings and sit in on the call and kind of listen to people talk about sales figures and stuff and uh, as far as actual dev meetings I typically just look at it like if I were to say it's a meeting I have to pay attention to throughout the day if I have less than an hour between the meetings I don't really have a break and I'll typically like there's no work that's gonna get done there and so I'll look for code review and if I can do some code review in that half hour, I'll go do some code review. If there's no code review, and it's I've already done a few hours of work for the day, I'll probably just take a break and just go for a walk or something because I've just learned that I don't start and stop quickly enough in my work to get anything meaningful done in 30 minutes, and I may as well just do nothing for that time and come back and then do more work in a larger block. And. Uh, that means if I have the option of scheduling a meeting, I'm going to put back-to-back -back meetings as opposed to with any gaps in between. And uh, otherwise, it's just a matter of trying to actually get work done <laughs> in, l in the larger blocks of time. But yeah, it's the big thing I think is don't, tr if you're like me, don't try to force work in those small gaps because you probably can't do it. Well, if you're like me, you can't do it, so that's, uh, <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. Cool. Um, yeah, what I, I generally do, I have specific days that I try to book all my meetings on. So I'll look at my calendar and as the pattern has followed for the last year, generally Wednesdays, I, I'm just swamped with meetings. Generally Wednesdays, I don't get off of any meetings until like one or two. Um, and they start early. They start like six at sometimes or seven a.m. Um, because of time zones. Mm -hmm. uh, so Wednesday or four days like those, I'll wake up early, do all the meetings uh, that they need to be done, and then either end my day early or do things like writing conference docs or doing code review at the end of the day. Those are like so. At this point, sort of my schedule is divided on dev day, non-dev day kind of thing. So Monday is half a dev day, Tuesday is full dev, Thursday is full dev, Friday, first half is dev. And then Wednesdays is more, almost never a good dev day. Uh, it's mostly do system architecture, review other plans, look at the sprint, 
talk out of, of anything you need to talk with the team or your manager. Um, so if, and one of the strategies I use to sort of schedule my day like that is every time I book meetings with somebody, I've started using the language of are there any days you prefer to have the meeting as opposed to whatever your availability is? And then people have started doing that to me, who I ask, where there's like, is there days you prefer? And I'm like, yes, Wednesday. If you can find a slot, book it in there. I don't care if it's after 6 a.m., just shove it in there, and then I don't have to deal with it on Thursday. So how many meetings a week are you having these days? Uh, right now, this week is pretty light. Um, so we have these waves. So on a regular basis, uh, it's first half of Monday and then almost all of Wednesday, and majority of those meetings are an hour long. Um, so it is. It ends up being like, I don't know, Wednesday is a solid four to six hours, and Monday is a solid four hours of meetings. Um, yay. This is what happens when you work in a massive corporations where there's like multiple teams that have to be coordinated. Mm -hmm. And sadly, I'm no longer a junior dev, so I can't just be given a task and said, go do it. Now it's very much, oh my God, there's so many things we need to do. Let's plan them all out. Let's prioritize. You, you seem like you know what you're talking about. Come join this, um, which is great, but also time consuming in a different aspect. Planning is also important. and. Our team is actually like I'm very blessed on that aspect of if the meetings seem useless, you can just drop out, or you don't really like all meetings that you're involving more than like a couple of people must have an agenda, so that you you know what you're talking about, you talk about that, and then you move. You you don't waste time coming in. I was thinking I had this idea. What do you guys think about it or feel about it? You send out a doc first of, this is what I've taught on this idea, give me feedback, and then we generate a meeting if necessary. Nice. So pretty good on that. I, I don't know how I would live if literally we scheduled a meeting for every single pain point we had. Right, if, um, if it was like government. <sighs> yes, <laughs> if it was like government, where there were just so, so many meetings so many times. On things you've already discussed and ironed out like three weeks ago, yeah. you have to rediscuss now because there's a new endpoint coming in. We don't know how we should really name our slash endpoints. Yeah, so like you described ten hours about. So if we're going with, if we're going with a typical forty-hour work week, like that's twenty-five percent of your time, which is quite a bit. Yeah, on on average, yeah. But you also batch it, which means that you're not interrupting a ton of your time because if you spread that out throughout the week. That's going to eat up so yeah. much more of your time. And yeah. people who are working in the more like customer-facing roles often don't seem to get that because they can like answer emails in between meetings and they can do these sorts of things. But if you need to sit down and like bash out a feature, you can't do that in small increments. So yeah. oftentimes, if, those, if the people you're working with don't already get that idea, you need to do something like what you're doing, where you kind of just herd them in the direction that you need them to go, even if they don't really understand why it matters to you, where it's like, please put my meetings together on, this, on these days. It'll save a lot of time. Uh, in comparison to me, which I'm in a great spot now, my team knows I hate meetings, my team is small, uh, everybody tries to get me out of as many meetings as possible, and that really just means I spend on average maybe like three hours every couple weeks in meetings and most of the time that I'm having quote-unquote meetings they are spontaneous discord conversations because we have discord alongside our slack so my small team will just hang out in a group chat on discord and then if we need to break off into a separate group and discuss something else we can do that or now with everybody being remote, we have these rooms that are just like so-and-so's office, other person's office, other person's office, and then dev channels. And it's just like discussion room one, discussion room two, discussion room three. And essentially, people just hang out in their voice chat office. And so if I want to speak with my manager, I could just, if nobody else is in there, I just hop into his office. And it's simulating the sort of thing you would do in the, the real meet space. But 
It's uh, also got that you know, quick communication quality that you don't get with something like a scheduled Zoom meeting where you can book it in 15 minute increments or something like that and you spend somehow tons of time doing nothing. So I found this to be really useful even though I was very uh, skeptical of it at first because I, I don't think I went on Discord for the first six months that we had it. I just didn't use it and now I, I spent, we did a release today and I'm in charge of releases so I, th I spent a good like three or four hours on there today but it was all that like I'm currently deploying this as opposed to you know scheduled meeting everybody's paying attention it's like I need everybody aware that things are going out but they're just hanging out making <coughs> sure that nothing goes wrong during the release yeah and like that's a the drop-in rooms I'm I've been a huge fan of those uh, when I was when you we were working together and I was working remotely um, I had a Google Meet link that I just pushed in and it would it would be running for most of the time uh, while I'm working or doing things for people to just drop in and chat because before I started doing all of the non-office work that was my work life at work I was running around between meetings and or people's desks and then I would go home and do the work that I was supposed to do during my work hours right. Um, so ironically, I was doing more work when I was not in the work environment um, and was doing more focused, happy work, but then it turned out that I still needed to do the teamwork, so I kept a communication channel open of, hey, talk to me, drop it, and then we can talk over there. So what Guillaume's um, saying is he welcomes communication, and I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure you welcome... Um, productive communication. Yeah, um, if it's very pointed, <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah. Or if it's yeah, on I'm, Slack. I'm more Some, I, you and I chat about nothing on Slack half the time, and that's fine. Yeah, because yeah, because there's no obligation to do that. There's no like put in meeting time of, Correct. oh my god, we need to do this. It's very much, hey, hey there's something dumb. Yeah. Here's something dumb. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, send a GIF. <laughs> if he takes... 45 minutes to reply. If he doesn't reply till tomorrow, doesn't matter. It was just a gif. Exactly. So asynchronous communication, guys. Works in non-work environments, too. Ten out Depending ten. on how introverted you are. We're pretty introverted, so it works out. Yeah. All right, I think that pretty much must cover everything. Do you have anything else? Everything that's on our minds. If you guys have a different experiences or something on your mind, um, apparently Nathan doesn't check his Twitter, so... I don't know, email us. <laughs> I, I think it's devshow at do-better.club. I did I set up a mailbox. I forgot about that. That should go in the show notes. I need, I'll need you to find out what it is and send it okay. to me so that I can add it to the show notes so that it's actually there because I just copy and paste all the, the standard social links each time. Oh, man, you don't have our email in there? No. How is anybody supposed to talk to us? Yeah, it's devshow at do-better.club. There you go. That's where our podcast provider talks to us. Or have talked to us the singular time I send them an email. Nice. Yeah. All right, so I think that wraps that up, which means, Gian, I know it's been a long week. It's been possibly the longest week ever. Uh, close to two months, it feels like. Yeah. How's how's you did you do anything good? Anything productive? Did you do anything better this past uh, couple months? Um. Well, I, I guess not. Nothing. No personal development. I was home for a family event, so there was a lot of work and a lot of responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I did eat like crazy. Um. So no summer bod for this guy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But I was happy. I gave myself a little break, and I don't know. The I haven't done anything cool since I've been back. I've been very much lazing around. So my did better is not is not up high there right now. Okay, I'm detoxing from my vacation. Um, but my do better of what I'm planning to do starting next week is getting back on track, uh, making sure I wake up on time, back on a schedule, and. I'm going to read a book called The Shortness of Life, and it's 
a very short book. It's only 42 pages, which makes me, for whatever reason, very happy. Yeah, you're... The fact that the book is... Yeah, you're just loving it. Wow. I am. I, I opened the mail and I was like, this is so cute. I must read this. Um, yeah, that is that is my did and will do better. Very nice. My do better is going to be kind of similar to yours. I realized that over 2020, I intentionally took it easy on myself as far as like not because my my default every year up to that point in my entire life was like if I'm not being productive this moment then clearly something is wrong in the world and it was either I need to be productive or aggressively having fun slash relaxing there was no just like dead zone and 2020 was just a dead zone where there's like there's nothing to do, but you can't do anything about it. So I just got used to that. But the weather's getting nicer. We've gone through daylight savings, as you mentioned. Uh, there's always more stuff I can be doing, even if it's like go for a bike ride, go for a walk, and for the time that we can, meet up with friends. These sorts of things are things I need to get back in the habit of saying, why am I not doing something right now? And so rebuilding that, already the last week or so has been a bit better for that, where I'll catch myself just sort of doing nothing and recognize, oh yeah, I wouldn't have been okay with this a year ago, let's fix this and start getting back in the habit of not being okay with it. Uh, so that's part of, part of the do better, but more specifically, uh, I was mentioning previously when we were recording, like the last episode or two episodes ago, something like that, uh, that I was forcing myself to maintain my winter body weight and I don't have to do that anymore so I basically immediately dropped like four pounds in like a week and uh, it's just a lot of being overfed and that sort of thing comes off quick but in general just stop being so fat so I'm looking forward to that and do another practice exam so that's just keeping up with what I was already doing but I'm doing these out of order regardless uh, did better, got new glasses, so my glasses aren't scratched anymore, Dang. and got some new shoes, so I don't have holes, I still have that pair because I, I do longboarding in those shoes so that I don't destroy my new ones, And uh, but my normal shoes that I walk around in all day, those don't have holes in them, so that's good, and uh, oh yeah, I guess we already talked about it, I finished the AWS exam, or practice exam, and uh, the course. So not, not a whole lot other than just essentially updates on what I said I was going to do. And I'm sure there's been other things. I got some new plants, these sorts of things, but not the sort of thing that I am willing to claim as like big successes. Did your list have new socks? It did, yeah, I'm wearing new socks. And I've already, okay. I've already started blowing them out. Like the pair I'm wearing now has a hole in the heel and I've been wearing them since the last episode when I mentioned it, which means it's been two months. So I don't know what I do. I'm, I'm just dragging my feet all the time or something. Yeah, I was more, I was more, cause it's the end of the end of March and there was a promise you made of mm -hmm. replacing everything. So I just wanna make sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Cause I remember saying on the, on the podcast, by the time that this comes out, <laughs> I will have already resolved these issues. And it's been resolved so early that I'm already coming back to them because <laughs> I've already worn out my socks. It's a real shame. Maybe you just, have you learned to levitate? I mean, fly around your apartment a little bit. No, I haven't. Uh, maybe I'll put that on my, my do better for a coming episode. Yeah. And I'll put on mine not to hate you for when you say the sentence, oh, I just dropped four pounds like nothing. Like, I'm sure me and a lot of listeners probably feel the same way of what a, I can't say that because this episode is not explicit, but uh, whatever, happy for you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was feeling it. I was very uncomfortable, so I was happy. All I just had to do is stop forcing myself to eat quite so much. But when you drop it that quickly, it's mostly just water and foodstuffs in your gut. The foodstuffs is what I want to drop. <laughs> <laughs> but 
The water can stay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but cool. Uh, yeah, if let us know if you guys have any other thoughts on any of these. Uh, worked, we're working remotely and everything. Um, send us an email apparently, because yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna repeat that. Nobody checks their Twitter anymore apparently. Um, or DM me on Twitter, you know? Yeah, Gan's a good person. I, I don't want... Yeah, I, I'll probably, like, be nice to you and everything, unless you're, like, completely being mean, then I'll just screenshot you and make fun of you with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest, so... <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll post it on my Tinder profile. If you're, if you're really funny, I'll take a screenshot and put that on my Tinder profile. Dang. I don't know if that's yeah, a threat help. or like uh, a benefit. <laughs> hey, if it gets me, if it gets me not ghosted, uh, I'll do it. There you go. You know? There's your challenge, listeners. Help Gan not get ghosted. Ghosted. Cool. Any any wrapping notes from you? No, that's it. I think leaving you not ghosting is a great way to end the podcast. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. It was good to chat yeah. with you again, Guillaume. It's been a while. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Next week. If you have anything else you would like us to talk about, please send us a DM because we're running out of ideas. No. We'll, we'll find more stuff. We'll find stuff. <laughs>